2: Good morning, it's 8.30 on Friday, November 17th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Mississippi's governor wants to cut taxes next year, but a group of lawmakers want budget proposals to reflect a possible economic downturn. Then the human rights campaign is scoring cities based on their LGBTQ policies. One city in Mississippi scored above the national average, two scored zero. Plus, a turkey is pardoned in the state as part of an annual campaign to help people facing food insecurity this holiday season. Governor Tate Reeves and legislative budget leaders are at odds over the official revenue estimate for the next fiscal year. Eliminating Mississippi's state income tax was a touchstone of Reeves' reelection campaign victory last week, but a disparity between his future revenue projections and those of a group tasked with forming their own has put that goal in jeopardy.
0: Some in the legislature wanted to arbitrarily lower uh, the revenue estimate. We have a, a revenue estimating group that has been... Meeting for many, many years, and and it comprises the um, state treasurer, the Department of Finance and Administration, the Department of Revenue, uh, the Legislative Budget Office, and the state economist. So, five different folks come together and, and come up with the best number possible. And so, I was a little bit caught off guard that they decided to arbitrarily lower it with no real reason for doing so. But look, it's part of the process, and, and we're going to continue to go forward. I'm going to continue to fight for. Uh, tax cuts uh, in this upcoming legislative session. I think a lot of the people sitting around that table yesterday are going to fight for tax cuts as well, and that's certainly something that I'm going to do.
2: Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman supports cutting taxes but says he wants to prioritize elimination of the state's grocery tax over cutting income tax. Mississippi did have a revenue surplus of more than $600 million this year. Still, Holzman and other members of the Joint Legislative Budget Committee say they want to prepare for an economic downturn. And because of that, they are proposing a budget roughly $100 million less than revenue estimates from the state economist. Members on the committee assured the governor this would not cripple chances of tax cuts next year. Governor Reeves says he remains cautious about this plan.
0: Again, we had the the experts met, as they have done for at least the last 20 years, because I was a member of the revenue estimating group for eight years as the state treasurer. Uh, To my knowledge, the Legislative Budget Committee has never rejected the revenue estimating group's estimate in the last 20 years. Now, perhaps they did before that. Um, And so I just felt like it was um, an arbitrary decision that, that wasn't justified. Um, But we're going to continue to work with our uh, legislative partners and and try to find common ground and a resolution. Um, But we're not going to allow uh, an arbitrary number, which lowers it for no reason, uh, to stop us in our efforts to continue to push for tax cuts, um, for specifically income tax cuts in Mississippi. We believe that the voters spoke very loud and clear last Tuesday. They rejected certain policies and they went to the polls and they supported certain policies. And the people who voted, um, particularly the Republicans who voted, deserve Republican leadership who recognizes that income tax cuts and the rejection of of bad uh, policies and more welfare is not the way to go.
2: The committee is set to adopt the recommended budget in December. Coming up, municipalities across the nation are being scored on their protections for LGBTQ residents. Most of Mississippi cities included in the report scored far below the national average. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. At
0: Mississippi Public Broadcasting... We tell local stories that matter, educational and entertaining
1: television, radio, news, and podcasts. We have something for everyone, so tune in and enjoy all we have to offer every day. MPB, your stories, our mission. Fill your weekend evenings with music broadcast from MPB Think Radio or stream from mpbonline.org.
2: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The Human Rights Campaign has released their 2023 Municipal Equality Index. It scores cities across the nation based on the services and protections they provide to residents who identify as LGBTQ. Nine cities in Mississippi were included in this year's report. Jackson scored above the national average with a Score of 79 out of 100. Bay St. Louis and Ocean Springs both scored zero. Our Kobe Vance speaks with Katherine Oakley, Senior Director for Legal Policy at the Human Rights Campaign.
3: The Municipal Equality Index is a nationwide evaluation of how well cities are including the LGBTQ community in their laws, policies, and city services. This is the 12th edition of the Municipal Equality Index, so we've been doing it for a while. And one of the things that is really important and exciting about this report is that it lifts up the important work that cities are doing to ensure that LGBTQ folks are included in the laws, policies, and city services um, in the communities where they live especially as we have seen the state of emergency across the country this year that has been created by state legislatures who are uh, very focused on trying to make it harder for LGBTQ people to live as who they are openly and equally. It's really wonderful and important to see how hard cities are working to try to counteract and whenever they can undermine (laughs) the efforts of uh, state legislatures to try to make it harder for LGBTQ people to thrive in
4: these communities. Y'all, y'all yeah. ranked several state, uh, several cities in Mississippi. I saw that you know most of them were in between ten to twenty. This is out of a hundred total points. One hundred being cities that are uh, most favorable for people who are LGBTQIA identifying. That said, there are a few standouts. Hattiesburg and Starkville did reach into the 30s. Jackson scored 79 out of 100. But then two cities, Bay St. Louis and Ocean Springs, got a zero. Just starting off, what are some of the things that y'all identified when looking at Mississippi cities, and why are so many of the scores so low?
3: Well, one of the reasons that the scores are so low is that cities in Mississippi have unfortunately not even really done the bare minimum, um, we only had five cities nationwide score zero points. Um, and so you can see um, that that's, uh, those are several of the cities in Mississippi. Um, and, you know, that's really discouraging because there it is not difficult to get at least a few points on the MEI. One of the things that is particularly important is that cities are reporting their hate crime statistics to the FBI. Um, If hate crimes are not accurately reported, if they are not accurately recorded at the local level and reported up to the FBI, it's not possible for us to really get our arms around the magnitude of the violence that LGBTQ people And particularly transgender women of color are experiencing. And so we really want those hate crime statistics to be reported. They're one of they are the element on the MEI that's weighted the most heavily. Um and so you'll actually see for several of the Mississippi cities who've reported those hate crime statistics, um, they may not have done anything else. Um, but that'll at least get them a lift out of that zero. To do a zero, that means you're not even doing that. That basic thing of reporting those hate crime statistics to the FBI.
4: Now, to go against that just for a moment, some people might question if these hate crimes happened in these cities, do you think that's anything, do you think it's even accurate that these cities might have just foregone having any incidents?
3: It is certainly possible that they didn't have any this year. Um, that's why when we are scoring this, we're actually looking at a at a period of time that goes over multiple years um, with the understanding that, you know, hopefully hate crimes <laughs> incidents are not happening. Um, and, of course, it would be our favorite if every city in the country was able to accurately report a zero. Um, so we look at this over the course of five years to see whether cities have been reporting. Um, some cities don't report at all, or some cities are reporting numbers that based on population just simply don't, um, hold up <laughs> that that would be the case. Um, so as I said, hopefully there would be no, um, no hate crime statistics to report other than a zero and that that would be true. Unfortunately, we know that that's just not the case. So, if folks either have not reported at all, or if they have reported zeros consistently across many different characteristics that are protected under the hate crimes law, then we um, uh, we don't give credit for that because that's just statistically not not correct.
4: You all have labeled Mississippi as a whole as a state of emergency. What does that mean?
3: Well, what it means is that, unfortunately, the state of Mississippi has taken action through the legislature year over year um, to pass laws and policies that make it harder for LGBTQ folks not only to thrive but to survive in those states. Um, and Mississippi has unfortunately very much been um, in the fray of states that have been considering discriminatory legislation and passing discriminatory legislation. Um, the ban on health care for trans folks that was passed in Mississippi um, is one of the most egregious to have passed in the country. And, you know, these bills really impact folks. They don't just impact the young folks who are not able to access care. Um, They impact the folks who are trying to support those young folks who are trying to access medically necessary health care. The LGBTQ community as a whole is very shaken by this legislation that's targeting health care for trans kids, because what it's showing is that these legislatures don't have any qualms about targeting LGBTQ people Um, When it's politically expedient to do so, they will throw out the facts. They will throw out humanity. And instead of looking at LGBTQ folks as neighbors who are people who deserve access, for example, to things like medically necessary health care and basic rights, that instead we will be used as a wedge issue to try to win primary elections.
4: What are y'all asking cities to do to be able to get their scores higher in the future?
3: Well, one of the things that's really special about this report is that it's not just a snapshot of where a city is right now. It is that. But additionally, it's also a to-do list. Um, cities are able to see the places where they aren't getting points. And uh, there's guidance explaining how cities can achieve the points that they have not yet achieved.
4: How important is it for people that live in these cities to have these protections that y'all outline in the report?
3: It's incredibly important, especially in a place like Mississippi, where there's so much hostility coming from the state legislature um, to LGBTQ folks. Um, You know, LGBTQ people exist in every zip code in the country. They absolutely positively live uh, all across Mississippi. And like all people, they deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Um, The MEI is a way for cities to understand what they are currently doing and how they could be doing better. Um, But it's also, I think, a reflection on the dedication of these cities to tell a different story about Mississippi than the state legislature has been telling. And that these cities have the ability to try to make sure that LGBTQ folks in Mississippi um, see that they are respected and valued Um, even as the state legislature continues to make it harder and harder to be LGBTQ in Mississippi.
2: Coming up, a new president is named to lead Jackson State University. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is Ari Shapiro with NPR. People collect all sorts of things, stamps, antique lamps, sports memorabilia. If you happen to collect cars and you're looking to make room for some new additions, look no further than this station. Pickup is free and you're helping make your favorite NPR programs possible. Learn more about it on this station's website. And thank you in advance for thinking about helping public radio. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat or RV by going to mpbonline.org.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Join the conversation every Tuesday at 11 as we dissect issues that are important to you and your family. That's Relatively Speaking, Tuesdays
4: only on MPB Think Radio.
2: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippi's College Board has named a new president of Jackson State University. The board chose to appoint one of their staff to the position, Chief Administrative Officer Marcus Thompson. The decision was made during an executive session yesterday morning. Members of the media were not allowed to attend. The announcement was sent out later in a press release. State Senator Solly Norwood, a Democrat from Jackson, is an alumnus of JSU, and he's been following the process of choosing a new university president. He speaks with our Michael Guidry about what the decision could mean for the state's largest historically black university.
5: I went to the uh I guess the meeting where it was discussed and my only thought after that meeting was that we would make plans that we will get someone that has the, the potential and the leadership skills to lead the university forward, regardless of whom it yields or was. You know, my thought is as a GSU alum and as a legislator, I'm going to uh, get behind whoever it is and do my best to help make sure that they're successful and make sure that Jackson State is successful and move forward.
6: Do you feel like this hire will provide some stability to that position considering uh, some of the the, the turnover that that has occurred over the last three years?
5: I think that it will because I think that Dr. Thompson, having served, you know, been a part of the IHL, who has the institutional knowledge regarding um, JSU and as well as the Challenge that we have uh, experienced as well as a successor, and I think that he can use that and build on be alone uh, those experiences to try to move the integration forward as
6: a as a senator um we've we've seen some reports uh recently uh, about you know hbcus nationally and especially in Mississippi not being allocated federal funds to the degree they should be allocated. Um, we've seen conversations uh, within your chamber about um, how to appropriately fund HPCUs, uh, including Jackson State. How do you see this new leadership working with legislators to ensure proper funding comes to Jackson State uh, and that the, the university and this, this new administration gets the resources it needs to take this next step forward?
5: Well, I think, uh, you know, which I look forward to sitting down with Dr. Thompson along with especially the uh, GSU, my GSU colleague that's in the uh, legislature to basically, you know, chart, you know, get specifically what his thought pattern is and then talk about ways that we can advance the the funding criteria. I'm sure Dr. Thompson is fully aware because, like I say, he has the, the knowledge of what you know, the funding and challenges that we have and I think that if there's a pathway to it that I trust that you know he would advance that and work with us to try and uh try and advance that in the in the legislature as we move forward.
6: Uh, and then lastly um this appointment is made by the Board of Trustees of the institutions of higher learning. Uh it is not uh, an appointment that you know Jackson State University can can make autonomously uh, having watched this process kind of unfold again, like twice over the last three years, um, do you think it's time to revisit uh, how universities choose or or how leaders are appointed to universities? Or are you comfortable and confident uh, in the IHL process uh, that that determines uh, presidencies and chancellorships?
5: Yeah, I think from IHL's own standpoint, that is certainly something that needs to be to be looked at. Where there can be improvements made, I'm sure that uh, we will look at that this spring, and uh, along with the uh, IHL leadership and and work to to improve it. You know, but in the end, uh, IHL is responsible for for, well, for selecting the leadership based on uh, criteria, and once they select leadership, then you know, uh, as an alumnus and as a as a legislator, you know, our job is to get behind them. We don't necessarily, may not necessarily agree with the, the, the process, but as long as they're the process and they follow the process, then I I feel very good that we're we we can work going to work together and move forward.
6: All right. Well, Senator Sally Norwood, Democrat from Jackson and Jackson State University alumnus, thank you so much for taking some time to, to share your thoughts on this Soon, new hire and new leadership at JSU. Thanks very
2: much. Next, a turkey is pardoned, and nearly half a million servings of eggs and chicken are donated to help food insecure Mississippians this holiday season. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is Ari Shapiro with NPR. People collect all sorts of things, stamps, antique lamps, sports memorabilia. If you happen to collect cars and you're looking to make room for some new additions, look no further than this station. Pickup is free and you're helping make your favorite NPR programs possible. Learn more about it on this station's website. And thank you in advance for thinking about helping public radio. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Work weekends with local programs on MPB Think Radio. At nine, all aspects of gardening are discussed on the Gestalt Gardener. Next stop Mississippi highlights events taking place around the state at ten. At eleven, explore women's health on Southern Remedy for Women.
4: Join the Gestalt Gardener and Next Stop Mississippi on the road live from the 47th Annual Chimneyville Arts Festival, December 1st from 9 until 11 a.m. Tune in or join us in person at the Bill Waller Mississippi Craft Center in Ridgeland for all the action at the merriest shopping event of the holiday season. This festival celebrates artisans and provides patrons a place to procure new pieces for their collection. Tune in December 1st starting at 9 a.m. only on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.
2: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Governor Tate Reeves has pardoned Turkey as part of the second annual event honoring food donations by the Mississippi Poultry Association. This year, nearly 475,000 servings of eggs and chicken have been donated for low-income and needy families across the state. The food is provided by producers to the governor's office, who then selects a charity of their choice to distribute it. Bobby James is this year's board chair of the Mississippi Poultry Association.
0: Mississippi has a well-deserved reputation as being the most generous state in the nation. And the members of the Mississippi Poultry Association lead in that generosity. Throughout the year, these companies donate hundreds of thousands of pounds of meat and millions of eggs. Since we began this program in 2011, we are just shy of 5 million servings of protein donated.
2: This year's donations are being provided to Extra Table, a non out of Hattiesburg that helps get food to pantries throughout the state. Martha Allen of Extra Table was at the governor's mansion yesterday to accept that donation.
4: Carving a turkey is super fun, but receiving a donation of this size is serious business. For those of you that don't know, at Extra Table we fundraise in order to purchase new healthy and shelf stable food. We deliver that food, like I said earlier, monthly to 62 food pantries and soup kitchens. That's dry, shelf-stable, quality food. So when we receive this donation, it's so exciting to be able to provide a fresh Mississippi-grown protein to all the pantries that we partner with. We're so excited to accept this again, and it's a true honor to partner turkey and to receive these chickens today. Thank you so much for this generous
2: donation. And the turkey pardon this year was named Ruffle My Feathers through an online naming contest hosted by Extra Table. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.